Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Flow Track Podcast. An absolutely packed show today. We're talking NCAA indoors. We're talking NCAA cross country. We're going to have a fantasy draft with a special guest. We're going to have an edition of Gordon's guesses. We better get rolling here, Gordon. How are you doing? Doing good. Uh, we're getting close, man, to, uh, I mean, technically tomorrow is the start of NCAAs. You got the indoor multis starting. So remember we got, it was a big deal about the three-day indoor meet? Well, we're going to have our first ever three-day indoor meet starting tomorrow. Uh, but ultimately, looking most forward to that Saturday uh, afternoon and evening and ultimately also Monday with the cross country. And I'm really excited that Saturday – and Monday, we're going to be doing three live podcasts where we are Ooh. going to be live on YouTube. We'll also throw up the archive on Spotify and wherever you listen to your podcast. But ultimately, you can watch the podcast live on Saturday during the men's finals, then a second one during the women's finals, and then also a third one during the cross-country races. And we'll be doing live reaction, analysis, play-by-play, projections. We'll mm-hmm. have some special guests. It's going to be a watch party extravaganza. So if you guys are wanting to watch the meet and you have nothing to do in quarantine, you have no one to watch it with, turn on YouTube, watch it with us, and we'll give we'll make it a fun time. Yeah, Gordon is really fun to watch meets with because he'll say something like, oh, LSU's hammer thrower just moved up to seventh. That's big. That's big. And you're like, Gordon, it's the men's mile final right now. Why are you freaking out about someone moving into seventh? And then he'll tell you, all the ripple effects from that move. So join me in watching it with Gordon. It's going to be fun. If you're into the team score, for sure, uh, it's it's a good way to get really instant reaction to everything that's happening uh, on that team battle. And also we could see some crazy individual performances as well too, and we'll be able to talk about them in real time. I do have two versions though of the way I watch track meets because there's a version that maybe will come out. I don't know, but I normally will never ever let it come out in public. In, in public media um, is the way I truly think about certain track events and meets and runners. So uh, 
I mm. there are certain people who watch track meets with me who get to see like the true way I watch a track meet. Maybe okay. you'll hear my actual true side commentary. We don't know. Depends on if I have a drink or two. I probably won't have a drink or two, but if I did, you might hear a couple uh, hot takes that I can't say publicly about certain athletes or teams or races oh, or whatever. But we'll see. Oh, okay. Well, I, that's something to maybe look forward to. Gordon risking it all on the live stream. No, <laughs> don't do that. Don't yeah. do that. Just get, just get super nerdy. Uh, but yes, we will have uh, instant reaction. And obviously, as is the case at any track meet or any cross-country race, when, it's a ch- when a championship's on the line, there's pl- always plenty to talk about. There's never been a dull championship meet. We'll start first with indoors, as you mentioned. The multis get going on Thursday. Then we have prelims on Friday and some finals as well. And then Saturday, it's split up into the two sec two sections in order to minimize the amount of people in the venue. So there'll be a women's section, a men's section. But I wrote down here, Gordon, I wrote down six things to watch or six just notable points. And I'm going to throw them to you and we can discuss them. First thing is just Oregon's mid-distance men. Can they hold it together for one more meet? They've been on fire this indoor season. Can that DMR squad get the title? Can Cole Hawker win the mile? Cooper Tier in the 3K? Charlie Hunter in the 800? They have so many options for points here. I'm just curious to see, can they dominate one last indoor competition? Yes. And half yes. Yes, in that they will, they have, they have the talent, they have the ability to basically sweep all those events and just throw down the gauntlet against the rest of the NCAA. My half yes is I really do think that even like the floor for them is getting like second or third in all the events. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think their floor is getting eighth or seventh or not making a final. Or all that stuff. I really just think their floor is second and third in the in the events where you have like the Texas Tech guy, uh, T- Hadeli in the eight hundred. Mm-hmm. You have you know Amoy Kemboy in the three k, and you know there's a bunch of good milers right out there. Obviously Sam Tanner and a few others. So there's an opportunity for Oregon to come out as the favorites and have come away with a bunch of second place and third place finishes. But that's also good enough for team-wise because they'll be have a bunch mm-hmm. of them. I'm sure they want more than just a, a collection of seconds and thirds. They want a sweep of firsts, which they have the ability to do. Um, I think – I don't think they'll win every single one, but I do think they'll win a majority of the events they're in. Mm-hmm. Right now you have them as a 15-point favorite over LSU, 64-49. to 49. One person I'm watching on Oregon's roster who's not mid-distance is Michael Williams, the 60-meter freshman who comes in as the top seed. As we've mentioned before, because there was no indoors, because there was no outdoors, we don't know who's championship ready in in the sprint events. We've seen a lot more distance racing because of cross-country, and some big names graduated or moved on, went pro. There's a vacuum there. I want to see who steps up and takes it, so it'll be interesting to see if Williams gets it done in the 60 as a freshman. Uh, anything else we should know about the men's team race? Yeah, obviously Oregon is in the driver's feet, seat. If things go well or half well, they're likely to win. But like any cross, like any indoor meet, 18 events, all yep. they need is a couple things to go wrong in certain directions. Uh, you know, get a couple 
thirds and a couple of fourths, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. LSU and Arkansas will be in the mix. Yeah. All right. Another thing I'm looking forward to seeing, another storyline here. Well, let's just talk about the women's team race. Let's just pivot right now to the women's team race. And the story for me there, you have Arkansas as the top seed. The story for me there, though, within Arkansas is just their depth. You know, they're favored only by three points. But here's an example of their depth, Gordon. The Arkansas women have four entries in the mile and four entries in the 400. I don't know how far (laughs) you have to go back in history to find another team that had that kind of lineup. Um, What should we – I know they're a narrow favorite because you have Texas A&M right there at 56 and then Texas at 52 and then a drop-off to BYU with 38. So it looks like, on paper, a three-team battle here. Yeah, and it's a three-team battle where they're not really going to be racing each other much. Uh, mm-hmm. Texas is going to be really heavily focused on the sprinter events, the short sprint events. Arkansas will be really heavy heavy on the distance. And then Texas A&M is going to be really heavy in the multis and field. Now, there obviously mm-hmm. will be a few crossovers, like a thing Mo and the 400, and you know Arkansas does have a 400 runner or whatever. Uh, but the main... Yeah, four of them. Four four hundred right? They're the main uh, point scores that the the yeah. thing that will swing the team scores either way will be in three different categories. So we're never actually going to see a lot of Arkansas on Texas on Texas A and M bloodshed. I'll make it dramatic by using the word bloodshed. Uh, I think they're all going to be kind of just racing other teams to try to be the king right. of the the queen and king of the distance events or mm-hmm. the sprint events or the, the field events. Uh, but it's going to yeah. be close. Obviously, I don't think there's any clear favorite in my opinion. I think it's three co-favorites. Whenever you're that close in the projections, the margin of error is within there. So it's a three-team battle, um, but a very it's a close three-team battle, much closer than on the men's side. Uh, it'll be exciting. Um, and then I'm not sure if this is one of your other points, but – I am interested to see that fourth place spot for the women, especially because every time a a non traditional uh, track team is in position to podium, it's very interesting. And in this case, it's BYU women. They are going to be going neck and neck with Arkansas in the distance events, in the mid distance events. And mm-hmm. I think it'll be kind of wild if BYU comes out of the weekend with a fourth place trophy before they go into cross country with a team that potentially can win. And it's going to be like ultimately motivating for that cross country squad to see their fellow teammates come away with a DMR win or a three K win or mile like uh, all American finish. Yeah. That was one of my points is just the idea of momentum, even though they aren't running the same people, but just the fact that this, these indoor races could foreshadow a bit what we're going to see in cross country for BYU women. It's interesting they have a lot of lottery tickets in these two championships because you have Courtney Weymouth and Olivia Hoy in the 3000. You have the DMR, which could win. You have their 800 meter runner who came out of nowhere, but because a thing Mo isn't running the 800, that event is wide open. She's the number three seed in Claire Seymour. Okay. Uh, they also have, you know, be a longer shot in the mile, but they also qualified three women in the mile. And then you go to cross country and obviously they have an individual contender and a team contender. So one of those is going to pay off, you'd think, just statistically speaking. And I think 
if there's good signs that BYU's in shape and training's been clicking and everybody's on the same page, you might start to see that indoors, even though, again, it's not the same people. But, you know, they're doing a lot of the same workouts. Obviously, they have the same coach. Will that carry over? So that's that's an interesting point. The men's version of that, when I was looking at the men's version of that, obviously, a lot of the men chose one or the other, right? We talked about Arkansas, some guys doing both. We talked about Oregon going all in on indoor. But the person who I think is most significantly impacted by this indoor XC double is Wesley Kiptu. Because if he goes out there, regardless of the field not being as strong as it could be, but if he goes out there and just blows everybody out of the water in his indoor race, his odds are going to just like spike overnight. It's going to be, it's going to be a, you know, the betting markets are going to go nuts for this. And by betting markets, I mean your projections, because it's just going to kind of impact how we see Wesley Kip do. Because on the flip side of things, if he doesn't run that well, you're thinking, okay, well, maybe he's not in the best form right now. Maybe he's going to struggle a little bit in championships. We've never seen him in a meet this big before. So I think Kip two's indoor performance is going to tell us a lot about how he's, how he will do in cross. Here's a question. Where do you think the NCAA Indoor 5K champion on the men's side finishes in cross. Because there are a couple other people who are doing double, like Aaron Benfeld. There's a few others. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I would like, be shocked. If, I mean, we're saying Kip Tu. You're thinking Kip is the big favorite, though, right? Yeah, but, like, just in general, like, if you be if you come out if you go into the cross country race yeah. with a national title in your pocket, does that elevate you? Does that but does it also hurt you because then you're kind of settled? You're, you're tired. Like, oh, well, at least I got one. You're tired. You know there oh, are some tired, negative yeah. aspects. It's a weird. There could be a negative aspect to winning where you know there's not as you know. Whereas if you go out and get like fifteenth, you're gonna be motivated. Be like, all right. Races in the past, and I'm all in on cross. Whereas if you come out as a champion, you're going to be like, yeah, we'll see what I can do. I already got the title in the bag. I'm just, this is now great. This is just frosting and gravy. Well, that's a good combination, frosting and gravy. <laughs> get that in, in Fayetteville and in Stillwater in the next couple of days. It just depends on the athlete. I think a lot of people, for example, Kip2 wins it, and then there's no, no pressure in cross country. So maybe he'll run better if there's no pressure. You're right, though, the fatigue could be a factor. I just think if it was somebody who we had more experience watching, we could be more confident in a pick. But I think we're all waiting for him. To, he needs to do it in a championship race for us to be like, okay, we're all in on Wesley Kiptu. He's legit. And I think if he does that in this race, if he runs away from the field in the last 800, looks pretty calm, I think you'd say, all right, I like his chances. He's definitely, to answer your question, he's, he won the 5K. He's going to be top three. Like I don't see him being any lower than top three in Stillwater, even though he's doubling doubling back. Because if this was a regular year, he probably would have doubled back in the 3K anyway, and we'd probably say, oh, that guy that guy can win both. Um, this time he's doubling back to a 10K cross, but that might be even be to his advantage because the longer the better for for what Wesley Kip do. That's just my my thinking. If it was someone like we knew more about, like a Mance or a Grijalva or an Amon Kemboy, someone who had gone through the championships before, I think we'd have a better grasp on how we think they're going to do. But because he's new, I think this adds an interesting little wrinkle to watching the indoor meet, trying to figure out what that means for for cross country. 
You know what would have been really great? Hmm. This would have been awesome. Now, we don't have this situation where we NAU and BYU don't have this type of runner, but imagine if NAU or BYU had a athlete with no cross-country eligibility but was a good 5K runner with indoor eligibility. Mm, and their job in the indoor 5K <laughs> was to make it extremely, extremely hard for Wesley Kipton. Yeah. And to yeah. basically, hey, man, we don't care if you win or lose. We just want you to give hell in that 5K. Make it hell for everyone involved. So, therefore, we are guaranteeing that the other 15 athletes are all going to shit the bed at cross on Monday. And it's like, you've done your job. You've, you're your sacri- you know, it's like a kamikaze of just jumping in and boom, take out the entire yeah. field. That would have been awesome. That would have been the ultimate like gamemanship too, because everyone would know. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, and it wouldn't be like bad because it's like the athlete, it's not like they're being wasted for cross because they don't have yeah. cross eligibility. Like imagine if Tyler Day, this was, imagine if this was last year and Tyler Day, who only had indoor, just yeah, yeah. goes into the, the 5K and it's like, all right, don't worry. I got this. Mike, I'm going to make Wesley Kip to earn his second place yeah, yeah, finish yeah. or something like that. And then, boom. <laughs> that would be awesome. Oh, man, I wish that was they, happening. They couldn't get somebody in this meet, BYU and any. I guess they don't care too much about the individual title, right? It'd be, yeah. it'd be a bigger deal if it was uh, Iowa State was in the, in the team race or if Mance was in this and you wanted to, to tire him out. Next thing I'm watching, let's talk about a thing, Mo, Gordon. 50-52, her 400-meter. PB, the collegiate record and the American record held by Kendall Ellis, 50.34. This track is certainly quick. I think she's going to get this mark. We talked about why the decision around the 400 instead of the 800 makes sense. She could end her first season in college with the collegiate record in the 800 and the 400 and also have a national title in the 400 and the 4x4. It doesn't get much, much better than that. What do you expect to see from a thing, Mo? This weekend. And the Cleasley record in the 4x4. Remember, she has that too. Correct. Correct. So, so she got three collegiate records, a couple U20 records, two, nas- two national titles. Um, yeah. Maybe an American I mean, I forgot, your que- I forgot your question. Well, what, if, what she, do- yeah. if she gets the American – if she gets the collegiate record in the 400, she's going to get the American record. It's the same thing. So yeah. she could end, end this season with an American. Oh, I'm just saying what do you expect to see from her? I think I think it's going to break the – yeah, I think she's going to break the collegiate record and the in the four hundred this weekend. I agree. I think, I think she fast track, fast track, that lanky body, which just like she looks like Asbel Kiprop out there, right? Just like just perfect form. It's just like, man, you just feel like she's has like the she's taking like. 0.75 steps for everyone's one step, you know, like she just has like mm-hmm. much more efficient with going over the 400 meter distance. And mm. I do think she, now that she's all in focused, she doesn't have to, um, the, the only thing I would say is that could screw her up is when she did run her 50.52, was it five, two? Mm-hmm. It's a different scenario where, you know, you knew she was the best in the field, so she kind of had a clear pathway to that break. So it's basically just her and the track and the clock. There could be a situation where she's in that 400-meter final and Mm -hmm. there's just a really fast 200-meter opener in Mm -hmm. that race and they kind of can cut her off 
and she doesn't really have a clean break to the 200 meter mark. One one way, one argument. I mean, this is wild. Part of me thinks the thing Mo should try to sandbag the prelim to try to get in the slow section of the final, so that she can guarantee that she can mm. kind of just dominate the slow section and kind of just time trialed it. That's my yeah. hot take. I'm, uh, you don't want to mm. risk that, but like she might be better yeah. off being the fifth seed than the one seed in the final. She has a seed time that's more than a half a second clear of the second fastest person. But you're right. Some people are really, really quick starters in the 200, which can cause trouble at the break. The number two seed, Talitha Diggs, is also a freshman, so this will be her first chance at an NCAA championship. I think there's been a lot of people. If you go back in NCAA indoor history who would have benefited from being the five seed in this event as opposed to being the one seed, uh, I get seeing your competition and wanting to know exactly where they're at, but a lot can go wrong. And if you're talking about Mo just being head and shoulders the best 400-meter runner in the NCAA right now, the only way she loses is if something weird happens and weird things happen when there's a bunch of people crowded around you on a banked 200 meter indoor track so yeah if she could get into uh, a, a heat where she's going to be so far ahead of everybody else in the first 200 that might help that might help that's a good point yeah so we'll see what yeah. else is uh, one other exciting one other thing i gotta know this is just interesting because it got brought up in the in the press conference trey cunningham uh florida state's 60 meter hurdler going for his uh first title it's just interesting to think because Grant Holloway was there for so many years in the same state as him as well. He was obviously overshadowed. He was the favorite last year at Albuquerque before the meet got got canceled. So just an interesting storyline there because Cunningham has been in the picture for so long, but he's never had that moment. So this weekend could perhaps be that moment for him. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of the veteran of the sprint group. He's had the most championship experience compared to all the other guys because a lot of top guys have graduated or gone pro. Um, so I do think he's probably one of the most heavy favorites in the short distances because of just being there and being championship ready with going up against, mm -hmm. obviously, the likes of Grant and um, uh, Daniel Roberts. R Roberts the past few years. Um, I think I think he's going to PB. I'm not sure if he's going to throw down anything crazy spectacular like top three all time, but I think he's going to win mm -hmm. pretty easily. Mm -hmm. All right, so we'll touch on the indoor meet again at the end with another edition of Gordon's Guesses. Gordon's going to make a couple picks for indoors. He's not going to pick every event, but he's just going to pick the things that move him the most. What we're going to do now, we're going to get the latest edition of the Under Armour Performance Series. And then when we come back, we're going to dive into cross country with our full preview of the men's and women's races that are coming up on Monday uh, in Stillwater. Then we're going to do our fantasy cross country draft. And then again, we will close it out with Gordon making some predictions. But first, here's this week's edition of the Under Armour Performance Series.
And now it's time for the Under Armour Performance Series. Under Armour, more than an apparel or shoe company, a human performance company trying to not only make their athletes better, but everyone a better runner as well. In this series, we've been talking to athletes, coaches, trainers on a variety of topics to help improve you as a runner from preparation, nutrition, and training to competing and recovery. Today's guests are from the District Track Club. We got Tom Brumlick, who's the coach over there in Washington, D.C., as well as Alex Amakwa, who competes in the 800 for the club and competed in the 2016 Olympics. Thank you both for joining us. Tom, I wanna to start with you. Can you first just explain what the purpose and the mission is of the District Track Club? Yeah, uh, yeah, first off, thanks for having me. Um, uh, thanks for having Alex and I. Um, yeah, so, so uh, District Track Club started back in 2016. Um, our, our goal is, are pretty simple um you know one one we're trying to you know on the track try to create the best middle distance uh group we can possibly be um you know primarily uh our group is 800 meters you know have, have a few 1500 meter runners and uh and a distance runner or two um but for the most part our goal is yeah trying to be uh, the best middle distance group we possibly can be um uh off the track uh, our goal is to try to uh involve our athletes as much as we can in the community uh, half of our group um, you know, over half of our group are, are coaches in the area. Um, in addition to that, we, we've worked pretty closely with Under Armour and a couple of other partners to do um, a good amount of community events. You know, one being the, the DMV Meet of Champions, which is a um, uh, kind of an all-star meet uh, in the area, DC, Maryland, Virginia, kind of bringing together the best of the best um, to kind of bring them together for, for some competition. So, so yeah, uh, on the track, trying to be the best possible, uh, uh, you know, middle distance group we can be off the track, trying to, you know, involve our athletes, um, you know, in, in the community as, as much as possible. Alex, when you were looking to join a team as a professional athlete, what was some of the factors that played in your mind when you came to uh, choosing to, to run for the district track club? Uh, when I was, you know, picking a team, uh, a couple things ran through my mind. It was first the quality of talent of, you know, the team. I wanted to make sure I was going to be part of a team that was uh, going to push me, challenge me, uh, and and coaching. Uh, before I joined the team, Tom was, man, me and Tom clicked very early on. I agree with a lot of his methods. Uh, and not only was he going to try to develop me as an athlete, he was going to try to develop me as an individual. And I, like, I, I didn't have that with, you know, any coach. Um, when I was trying to pick a, a team to join. So that those two things I really try to focus on and, you know, District Track Club was that for me. And Tom, you mentioned you guys specialize in the middle distance events, but the team itself is incredibly diverse coming from a variety of different countries throughout the world. Uh, why is that an important piece for you? Uh, yeah, I, I think, um, it's uh, important when we first started. Um, you know, you could, a, a lot of the a lot of the the, the you know chirp in, in the running world was you know you got to have athletes that, that are if if you want athletes to to you know work with brands and things like that typically you want to have athletes that are representing you know trying to compete for for the U.S. So so initially that's that's kind of my, my first you know um, involvement in, in the sport at this level. That's kind of what I what I thought. But then you know as as I 
as we got further along, I, I realized, um, you know, having having a diverse team and, uh, you know, having athletes for, from different backgrounds uh, was was such an advantage because, uh, again, you have people, um, you know, with with different viewpoints, you have people with different, you know, uh, training backgrounds, uh, you know, social backgrounds, uh, everyone brings something different to the table. Um, you know, we have, we have a lot of different personalities on our team, um, a lot of different uh, skill sets on our team. And again, it, I think it's just such a um, advantageous thing to, to have athletes that can, can kind of push each other in different areas on the track and, and off the track as well. Uh, when it comes to, again, when, when you join a group and, and you, and you come to DC uh, to, to kind of put everything on the line for, for a few years to, to see where you could take the sport. Um, just like Alex mentioned, you, you want to try to grow as a person. And, you know, if, if you're just working with, with people that, uh, you know, were, were what you were used to in, in high school and college, uh, it's, it's harder to grow. But when you, when you're surrounded by people that, again, just have, have seen the world in a different way and have, have you know, come from different places. Um, it, it really sets you up for, for success um, when it comes to, to growing as a person. So, um, so multiple levels, I think on the track, off the track, it was, it was important to, to our group. Tom, are there any challenges as a coach when you bring a group of 16 athletes together, all from different backgrounds, you know, that came from different, you know, childhood experiences, came from different training experiences in their high school and college days? Uh, what are the main challenges of having 16 different types of athletes? Yeah. Um, so I think the biggest challenge is, um, you know, everybody has come from success and everybody, uh, you know, has come from, from a different program with a different way of thinking and quite honestly, almost a different language. You know, speed work might be something to one person and something very different to uh, somebody else. You know, uh, strength work might be something to one person and might be something different to someone uh, someone else. So, so getting everybody, uh, you know, on the same page, uh, you know, in, in communication is, is definitely really challenging when you have, again, 16 athletes that have all had a ton of success and all kind of, you know, think that the, the way that they, you know, trained in, in college is, is the way that they need to train now. Um, trying to bring people, you know, together, understand what worked for them, but also get them to, uh, you know, all kind of uh, uh, be able to work together. Because um, again, everyone came here, like Alex mentioned, to, to train with other people. Um, so as much as I like to individualize things, um, you can't really do that uh, uh, too much because then you have 16 people all training by themselves. So. So yeah, getting people to, to kind of, uh, you know, speak the same language is, is definitely a challenge. Getting people to, you know, uh, uh, buy in and buy in quickly is a challenge because again, you don't necessarily have the four years that you have in the college level and the high school level. You, you kind of got to get people to, um, you know, buy in and, and understand things um, really quickly. So, so yeah, I, I'd say, um, you know, just from a, from, a, from a communication standpoint, when you have people um, from different backgrounds um, and different, you know, uh, 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 programs, um, uh, it's, it's definitely the biggest challenge. Alex, can you speak more about that personal growth part of the equation? That's not something you often hear when professional runners talk about joining a group. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, obviously, like after college, you know, most of us, you know, a lot of people who want to run post-collegiate or run professional, they, they're they just thinking about, like, how am I going to run faster? You know, how am I going to, you know, make some more money? Uh, but, you know, sometimes we don't think about at a certain point, you're going to have to stop running. You can't, you can't keep running forever. 
uh, and I have some friends who have, you know, run at the elite level, you know, who are uh, uh, Olympic medalists or, you know, made Olympic finals. And, you know, after four or five years, you know, of, of you know, running really well, they find themselves with nothing. You know, they don't have any, uh, no, uh, what's the word I want to use? There's, there's no uh, work for them outside of running. Uh, they don't have, financially, they're struggling. And one of the really cool things about Tom was I want to develop you not only as a runner, but as an athlete. So what do you like to do? And I'm very passionate about coaching. And he said, okay, hey, like, you know, we can work a way where you can start coaching at the high school level. You know, and he was able to connect me with people. And I learned so much from Tom, especially learning how to, you know, uh, like just mainly connecting with people like, Hey, like I enjoy coaching and, and, and getting, getting me into a high school at Episcopal high school. So it's been great. Uh, Tom really sheltering me and, and, uh, and trying to build me up, uh, to just focus on what I need to do outside of running as well, uh, for my future. And for you, 2021, what are the goals on the track? What would be a successful year for, for oh, Alex man. in 2021? Man, uh, it's to make an Olympic final. Um, uh, a lot of people don't know like how I got into running, but it was it was very last minute. I, you know, uh, a month or two before I was supposed to graduate from high school, I started running track. Uh, my first race, I think I ran two flat and then went on to run 163 and went to junior college, went to Alabama. And I've always felt like I had the potential to make the Olympics. So in 2016, when I made the Olympics, uh, I got two months before I fractured my fibula and it was devastating because I just, you know, you look, you, you know, you want to make a, a name for yourself. You want to compete with the best and to know that you were going to be at the Olympics, you know, with a, a broken, a bone, a, a crack in your bone, uh, kind of hurt. So I would have redeemed myself. And I think the best way to redeem myself is to make the Olympic final. Tom Brumlick, Alex Amakwa, thank you both so much for joining us on the Under Armour Performance Series. Appreciate your time. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. All right, we are back, ready to dive into cross country. Gordon, this is a lot of championships. I just got to say, you write it down on paper. Here's the rundown. Here's what we're going to talk about. But then when you actually do it in practice, this is going to be this going to be a busy weekend. It is. And uh, I'm, not, no, if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready for it. I'm not sure if I'm prepared <laughs> for all the racing content. Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's dive into the these four races, individual team, men and women. We'll start first with the, I want to start first with the women's team race. We talked about how close this is. What do you think ultimately is going to be the deciding factor here for the women's team race? Um, what, what do I think the deciding factor is going to be? I don't know. I think. <laughs> I really threw a tough one to you. You said you weren't prepared and I just went with a very high level question right at you. The deciding factor. I mean, I always say the deciding factor in any uh, race is who has the best four man or four mm -hmm. woman. Uh, but I think for the women's race specifically, I think the deciding yeah. factor is I think each one is different. I mean, there's like five teams and each one has a different deciding factor. Okay, run through I them, run through them. 
Okay. Deciding factor of BYU is do they have a fifth woman who shows up? The deciding factor of Stanford is do they have a third woman who shot who shows up, aka behind Sophia Dudek and um, Ella Donahue. Deciding factor for NC State is do they run everyone? Mm-hmm. I think that's a big deciding factor. And then the deciding yeah. factor for New Mexico is is their spread, their their time spread between first and fifth. I think mm-hmm. New Mexico wins with the pack. BYU wins with a good fifth. Stanford wins with a good three. And NC State wins with everyone on the starting line at their best talent-wise, which I'm not sure. We have okay. no idea if we're going to see that. That's a good synopsis. I think the key part to New Mexico, too, is because if you think, okay, that pack is going to be together. It's just going to it's gonna move in tandem. Well, doesn't that really matter then where the pack starts? So I mean, Adva Cohen finishing 15th is just so much different if she's their number one runner than Advocoa finishing 35th. I think yeah. they need a low stick. I think they need a low stick. If you look, history bears that out, even though this is a weird championship year, that you still need somebody who's capable of finishing in in the top 10. And I think they'll be in a really good position if she does that because their their pack has been so tight. I'm curious and we can transition now to the individual race. Whitney Orton hasn't raced all 2021. She looked good in the fall, but we didn't see her that much. She ran that basketball mile, so we know she's coordinated and can dribble basketball while running. But then you look at so – you, so you want to say, okay, she hasn't run. Somebody else deserves that number one spot. But then you look, and who would you put in place? There's nobody else really who's clamoring for that number one spot. I, get, I mean, you could say Ella Donahue would be the next most likely to win, but there isn't because of people going pro, because of the way the season's worked out, everything we've been through. I think Whitney Orton is still the favorite, despite not running at all. Yeah. Man, this this race is weird. I, I just I just feel like whatever I think is gonna happen is not going to happen. And mm-hmm. I will and it'll be I'll be dumb. You know? Yeah. For not thinking the other thing's gonna happen. I mean Whitney Orton though, even though she didn't run, she is uh she is healthy. I know that for a fact. Talk with the mm-hmm. coach. I saw her at the West Coast Conference Championships before the race. She did a workout and she was healthy. So she ran. She did a good workout too. Maybe we filmed well, that's it. That's great. And maybe we'll put it up next week. So, <laughs> I mean, and again, again, just as uh, just as Drew Bosley dropped out five uh, k in and then did a workout. Workouts are great. Workouts are awesome, but you don't get NCAA titles for workouts. Uh, but I can't make a strong argument for anybody else to be number one. Uh, I mean Donahue, and then you go to the third spot, which Mercy Chalangat, of course. You probably think she's going to win. Then you go to Dudek and Logue and Haley Herberg and Taryn O'Neill and Bethany Haas. Like all these people are great runners, but you, Whitney Orton just has a, a much stronger set of performances behind her. So the one and, complicating factor is the course, too. This is going to yeah. be a challenging course. Well, I was going to say about that is that there's a huge advantage for BYU, not just 
individually with Orton, but team wise, because among all the team com- favorites, like top five, yeah. they're the only ones that run the course. They're the only ones oh, with like a knowledge of the course. Stanford has never been there. New Mexico's never mm-hmm. been there. NC State's never been there. Um, but BYU's been there, and Whitney Orton's been there, and she won it on that course against yeah. Taylor Rowe. So that is going to be an advantage. Even though, yeah, they're going to get to see the course on a jog, you don't know what it feels like going up and down those mm-hmm. hills when you're jogging. You only feel it when you're actually in the race mode. So, Yeah, well – you're right. That was good planning ahead of time there to get out there and see it with no guarantees. Stanford, yeah. I found out from the press conference yesterday, Stanford didn't even meet together as a team until they were on their way to that Florida State meet. So yeah, that's two completely, yeah, two just completely different approaches. Uh, I, I would probably give the slight edge to BYU, but I think it's very close. I know you have NAU as a as a dark horse here too. Or are you saying that they're a favorite now to get on the podium? I don't. I've lost track of. Where do you have any you on the women's side of things? You have ranked six. Uh, yeah, they they have they're in that we can get fourth range. Okay, so yeah, they're not they're not. Um, I at one point they were like maybe we could win crazy things, but then Pac-12s and Mountain West happened, and New Mexico and Stanford kind of showed up well to kind of say no, mm-hmm. like we it's going to be one of us or BYU type deal. So okay, all right, men's race. Men's race, NAU, number one seed, trying to get the title back. BYU, their closest competitor, we think. I'm guessing you're going to say the defining factor for BYU is going to be Elijah Armstrong, whether or not he can keep that gap tight. And for NAU, I mean, for me, the only question for NAU is Bosley, really. Because if Bosley's able to roll, then they're going to win in a route. I know you could ask questions about everybody because you know we didn't see Grijalva at the conference meet, but to me, I think Bosley is Bosley's the knockout punch for NAU. That's that's how I'll phrase that. Yeah, you think Bos? I think Blaze Farrow is a knockout punch because we all, when we're comparing BYU and NAU, we're kind of matching them up with Grijalva versus Mance. Young versus Klinger, Abdi Haminur versus Garnica. It's like the uh, the big threes versus big threes. I think yeah. NAU's four-man, Blaze Farrow, is going to be like, oh, I'm not part of the big three party. And I think it's Blaze Farrow versus Clayson Shumway, I guess, in that number four spot. And I think mm-hmm. Blaze is going to beat Clayson Shumway by probably like 50 places. That's what I think. Okay. I think Blaze is going to have an incredible race. So, uh, well, I can see Blaze being he's healthy. Well, you you mentioned before though you thought Blaze could end up being their second guy. I don't have yeah. any worries about Blaze this year at all. I mean, he's proven it in two races. He's running better than he has his entire career. It feels like Bosley. There's some questions, and then if you say okay, one of just say one of NAU's big three has an off race, it might happen. It could happen. Two of the three could have a bad race. We saw that last year in in, in Terre Haute, two years ago, whenever that last time there was a cross-country meet was. But that's where I think Bosley comes in because if NAU just runs like a normal 
team, a normal championship team, not like an all-time great championship team, but if they just run like a normal t- and they have some some uh, some people overperform and some people underperform, um, then I think Bosley is the key to just shoring up the back end of their lineup to make sure that because you're talking about the gap between BYU and NEU is four being big, it could be huge at five, and then that's going to be the deciding factor as well too but i i see your i see your point i think we're arguing basically the same thing it's just the back the back half of nau's lineup needs to be there in order to make sure nau doesn't squeak through here's a question if nau would have won last year do you Mm -hmm. think our conversation would be different yeah 100 percent. yeah because if nau won last year that would that probably would have meant that Luis Grijalva ran really well, or maybe Blaze Farrow ran really well, and they would have come in in a completely different position. Or Mance didn't run as well, or Garnica didn't run as well. Yeah, 100%. And yeah. Stone's 100% right in the in the press conference. He's basically saying it was called a rivalry, but it wasn't really until we beat them. That's You have to – in a sport like cross country where you compete so sparingly – it's not good enough to just be close a bunch of times to develop a rivalry. There has to be an exchange of victories. And now we actually have that. And they did it by upsetting them, which added a little bit of a twist to it. And that's, yeah, that's definitely shaped uh, our perspective. Maybe not you as much because you wanted to give any of you the title back in January. Um, it took me a couple. I need to see a little bit more, but now that I have. I think, I think this is the best favorite. team in the past five years and i think yeah. we'll we'll know that by by monday afternoon i really do i think for some reason i think it's, i know mean, i know i probably said last year's team was the best team they've had in the past mm-hmm. four years you said that every and year I'm, and then usually you ask Mike that every that year? at a press conference and then he says uh, i don't want to compare teams yeah. it's a tradition yeah, every team's it's tradition but he wasn't at the press conference this year for us to ask that question mm-hmm. um but yeah i i just think that Nico Young is really good. I mean, not as good as you th- as you think he is. I mean, he's uh, you think he's better Maybe than I think he is, but I do think he's good. Um, and I think there's just a fire under Luis. You know, he. Mm-hmm. I think pandemic taking away his indoor, the yeah. having to sit Bad on cross his cross country race for over a year, and he's finally going to let it all out. It's just going to be really good. I mean, so we'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's individually, kind of who do you think? How do we talk about two teams over and over again for like three straight years? It's, it's yeah. a little wild. Well, to their credit, they raced each other a little bit too. Yeah, that's true. And that's good. that added added some kindling to this. Otherwise, it would have been, let's compare the relative course and strength of schedule. They actually yeah, competed yeah. against each other. So – I appreciate the fact that they did that. They obviously could have ignored each other. I think it would have been a bit silly and we probably would mock them for it. And they didn't do it. They they didn't do it. They show up and they they race each other, which is cool. And I think it adds interest and yeah, adds adds a new dynamic and allows you to actually compare them without just speculating wildly. So I hope they continue to do that because they both certainly look like they're not going away. Individually, do you have do you have uh, Grijalva is the favorite still. Mance, Kip two. Man, I have no Nico. idea what's going to happen individually. I, I'm, I'm 
very confident that it's going to be one of Mance, Grijalva, Kip 2. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but I just, you don't know. I feel like the safe bet is Mance. Mm-hmm. I feel like the the safe bet is Mance. The like the obvious bet mm-hmm. is Kip two in a weird way, and I okay. think the wild card bet is Grijalva. So safe is Mance. Obvious is Kip two. Wild card is Grijalva. That's how I would do it. I say safe is Mance mm-hmm. because. You know he's gonna finish no better, no worse than second. So it's like, all right, well, it's either gonna win or get second. So he's always gonna be there. I think Kip Two is the obvious because of just the way he dominates all the fields he's running, the way he just like runs from the gun. He's very Kennedy Kathuka esque, Lawi Lalang esque, just like from the gun. Yeah, I'm going to win. Um, and has shown no signs of the only time he's shown a sign of like vulnerability was in a three K. Yeah, and it's like all right. Well, that's not an indoor three k is not the same as an out a cross country ten k. Um, yeah, and then Grohalva is the wild card because he can kick. Um, we don't know he's he beca- he's become a wild card because he didn't win his most recent race. So that's why he's yeah. more of a wild card. Yeah. I would say I wouldn't put Grohalva as a wild card. I'd say Grohalva is. Mm almost the common sense winner just when you look at the the track pbs and also when you look at the motivation factor he has the one of the better stories i guess from finishing so far back the team loses and then he comes back avenges the loss and gets his first individual title remember we talked about this before luis grijalva's ncaa championship resume is thin right he's got He's never finished in the top 10 in a track race or in, in cross country. So I, I would, but he ran, has run so well uh, on the track that just like the recent evidence right in front of your face, you'd have to say, okay, this guy, this guy can definitely get it done. So my pick for wild card NCAA champion would be a freshman by the name of Nico Young. <laughs> That's who I would pick as my wild card. I don't see, you can laugh, you can laugh. I don't see a way he finishes outside of the top 10. I think freshman year, he's a lock for the top 10. He's going to have his guys with him. He's going to be up there with Grijalva. Nur is probably going to be in the mix up there. Blaze Farrell will be with him. He's going to be very, very comfortable up there. Like Mike Smith has him prepared. I think top 10 is a lock. Solid for top five. And maybe, just maybe, on the right day, a freshman could win the NCAA championship. I don't know. Oh, look at this. Link. Oh, this look who's in. joining us. Oh, he jumped off the bed. He jumped off. We have a we have a special guest. Uh Lincoln Shrike <laughs> is gonna join us for the fantasy draft here. Uh here he is. There's Lincoln in the Cubs hat. Uh with a red t-shirt for those of you watching uh on the YouTube page. Lincoln is back. Doesn't appear as if he's gotten a haircut no. since he left the show. Here he goes. He's he's plugging the mic in. He's all warmed he up. No Lincoln, can you hear works. us? Lincoln, can you hear he's, us or no? He doesn't have headphones. Uh, okay, on hold yet. on. He he's getting the AirPods <laughs> in. This is much more of a visual experience than it is an audio one. Lincoln, can you hear us now? Oh, I still nope, can't hear yet. us. 
Come on. Okay, sink in the AirPods. Uh, as soon as Lincoln uh, joins us, we'll get this fantasy draft underway. Uh, we can see him furiously clicking. I don't even know if he knows he's on camera right now, so hopefully he doesn't do anything too Take silly. Shirt off. Uh, yeah. yeah, Lincoln, can you hear us? Oh, it looks, oh. It looks like he can oh, hear we, us. Oh, we thought we had this him. Is, we really are thinking we had him. Let's comedy. go over while we wait to get Lincoln synced up here. Uh, let's go over this draft, these draft rules, uh, Gordon. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to do a uh, cross-country draft. You, me, mm-hmm. Lincoln. Uh, it's going to be snake rules. We're going we're gonna to do a draft for the men, a draft for the women, and score it like a regular cross-country meet. Pretty obvious. We'll do – We have to, I guess the only question we need to know is what's the draft order. Um, yeah, so we're, are we, we're not doing snake yeah. again, right? Are we doing snake? No, we are no doing snake because there's three of us. We're no, doing... snake. Snake. Okay. All right. The only reason we're you don't snake. do a snake is if you want to give preferential treatment to the number one pick, which is why they do that in sports because they're the worst team. But we can't give preferential treatment to the number one pick, so you have to do snake. Okay. Okay, so I will. Lincoln is dropping his AirPods now. This is just uh, this is going about as well as I thought it would. Uh, mm. Lincoln, can you hear us now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you hear me? Hey, he's, he's back. Yes, you've been on. I don't know if you've noticed, but you've been on this entire time. Yes, I you have. Think up the AirPods. Yes. All right, I have the official coin to develop uh, the draft order. I don't know. It only has two sides, and there's three of us. So, uh. Lincoln, I'll let you call it in the air. This is you versus Gordon to see who gets the, the first pick. Okay. Tails. It is heads. So, Gordon, you will go ahead mm-hmm. of Lincoln. Now, Lincoln, call again. This is you versus me. Heads. Go again, Lincoln. That's tails. I, I go ahead heads. of you. <laughs> Good. <laughs> me, Gordon, call it. Heads. It is heads. Gordon goes first. I go second. Lincoln goes third. So I'm sandwiched in the middle. Uh, let's go. Wait, hold on. No, wait, wait, hold on. Wait, whoever wins I, I should this... be able to decide where they no, go. No, stop, stop. I You're going first. The... You're going first. Lincoln's going third. I'm going second. I'm overruling <laughs> you. Uh, you can pick, Gordon. Do you want to go? Do you want to do women or men first? We'll we'll do a men's draft first. Okay, men's selections first. Gordon, you are on the clock. The clock in this draft is about 15 seconds because there's a lot of people we have to pick. Uh, I will keep track <laughs> of the draft so that we can score it next week. Gordon, go ahead. I'm going with the – I got to say – Oh, he's not ready. He's not ready. Who? I'm doing Connor. What? Are, Are you ready or not? No, I said I'm okay, going with the Connor... safe pick. I'm going with Connor Mance. Okay, so Gordon mm. goes Mance. I'm going to go with tip two. Lincoln, you get two picks. Okay. So you guys have – none of you – neither of you have faith in the in the guy you currently have ranked number one. Uh, okay. I'll go – I'll go Grijalva, Grijalva and Nico Young. Oh, doubling up there with NAU. That's good. I like it. Uh, Gordon is very jealous. So it's my turn, correct? Yes. I'm going to go, man. I'll just stick to Gordon's projections here. I'm going to go Herrera. I'll go Eduardo Herrera from Colorado, my second pick. Uh, with my <laughs> with my next two picks, I'm going to go with Casey Klinger. I want both BYU okay. guys. Wow. I want Casey 
Casey You're Cunningham gonna and I won. Ed Stone for next pick. <laughs> um, and then my this is this is the hard one. I guess I got to do it. I'll do Abdi Hamidner. Okay, so mixing it up there. All right, so your your three so far: Mance, Klinger, and Nur. I have Kip two, Herrera, and with my next pick, I'm gonna go. Eh, eh. I'm gonna go Yared Nagus. I'm just gonna say that the focus on cross country. He's gonna outkick everybody in the last hundred meters in Stillwater. Yared Nagus. You Lincoln. You get two. Does that leave it to me? See here, this is where it comes in. My two months of not paying attention to collegiate running may (laughs) may uh, start to affect me. Not much happened. Not much happened. Well, I just looked up Grijalva and he lost for some reason, but was that on purpose? Um, it's hard to it's hard no. to ever say. I didn't I didn't realize he he lost. I uh, still ranked number one. That's bold. Okay, um, I am gonna go. I get two. Okay, give me Isai Rodriguez on his home course and Alex Ooh. Masai. You know, if the weather turns and it's a road race, I have a lot of faith in Alex Masai. So um, we'll just see if that happens. But I'll go with him. Oh. Lincoln, Lincoln's put together a good team here, Gordon. And I know you guys have a good history of bets going back and forth. Uh, shoot, I'll go. That's actually why I left. I owe Gordon so much money that I had to skip town. <laughs> There's no extradition treaty in Taylor, Texas. You just—it's like a sovereign nation out there. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jackson Messler of Oregon. That's a good pick, Jack. Jackson Messler of Oregon. Gordon, your fourth and fifth picks. My fourth and fifth picks. I'm going with Amon Kemboy and mm-hmm. Blaze Farrow. He's wow. making up for the lack of NAU in the beginning or too much BYU. Uh, I'm going to go. Listen, I got to be honest. I'm four picks in. You guys are crushing me. I'm gonna lose this thing. Ugh, I'm throwing <laughs> up the white flag. I'm like, I'm like at mile eight of the marathon, and I'm already starting to feel tightness. I'm just gonna throw uh, hail marys at this point. I'm going Aaron Bienenfeld of Cincinnati because he was a mountain running champion in Germany, and this course has hills, lots of hills. There you go. Mm. So mountains, Be- Bienenfeld, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you're. F- I think you're on your final two picks here. Blanket for the men. Okay. I've, oh, no. Sorry. I've you done five four. and six. Sorry. Yeah. Fifth and sixth. Okay. Um, no, it's all good. Is Aaron Beanfield going to skip the meet? Is there, a, is there a small European meet that he needs to go to instead of <laughs> NCAAs? I'm, I'm making 2019 jokes now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Charles Hicks is available, correct? I'm going uh, I'm going to go he with is. him. Um, and I'm just looking at the Pac-12 results. Let's just be honest. Um, I feel like second at Pac-12s is worth usually a decent amount at NCAA's. Um, and then, wow, the names, the names in past like 15. I'm, I'll be honest on the on our rankings. I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not too familiar. Uh, I, actually, I'll just double up on Stanford. Give me Cole Sprout. So two freshmen from from Stanford. Did you did you get that, Kevin? Dave, we lost Kevin. We lost Kevin. Oh, we so, lost all Kevin. Right. Okay. <laughs> Should we draft for Kevin? 
We'll see. <laughs> well, maybe we should text him saying, "Hey, we lost you." Yeah. Uh, text. I mean, uh, where is this text? Is he? He's, he looks like he's in the office, right? He shouldn't lose he is. in the office. What's I know what's on? happening. How you doing, yeah. Lincoln? Doing good. Oh, you know, doing good. I I think we got to do the do the Bulls and Sixers matchup tomorrow. Is that right? Is that? Ooh, they do. Yeah, Zach Levine. Yeah, just trying to we, I, trying to keep Joel Embiid below eighty points. Well, uh, Embiid and uh, Simmons are not playing because of COVID. Oh, because oh, they're yeah, because they were they 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 were in the same city as the barber who, <laughs> yeah, who who had maybe had COVID. Got all that, Kevin? Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> We're talking about the Bulls-Sixers matchup. Jesus. We hear you. Oh, Kevin's yeah, upset. Oh, this is this is this is aching at Kevin right now. He's like, we need to end this. Uh, he's look at that face. He's a face of disappointment. But yeah, uh, <laughs> he's back. You back? We got Kevin back. Kevin, you're back. How long have I been gone? Are you guys on the women's race now? What happened? Uh, no, no, no. This is gonna be great. Easy. We skipped to NBA talk podcast. for a minute. Yeah. yeah okay. Good. Okay. Zach Levine versus Sixers. Um, okay. So you're, who, you're who did Lincoln pick? Who did Lincoln pick? Though I got to write it down. I, oh, Hicks, he picked Charles Hicks and Sprout. Oh, Hicks and Sprout. Okay, with my sixth pick before I'm frozen, I'm gonna go Drew Bosley. Whoa. We go Drew Bosley yeah, again. Cool. Hail Mary is my the theme of my team. So Bosley. I'm surprised you guys didn't pick this person. Disrespecting Tulsa, he's gonna be in his mm. home state. Uh, we talk about home course. He's in his home state. Going with Patrick Deaver, Tulsa. All right, you get one more. And then my second pick, or I guess my last pick, or whatever. Um. I'm going with the guy who's going to have a lot of uh, frustration. Like he's he's going to prove the committee they they screwed up. And I'm going with Michigan's Devin Meyer, who is there Ooh. as an individual. Um, and he's going to have a lot. He's going to run with the fire underneath him. And I'm going with uh, the Wolverine Meyer. Okay, Meyer. I'm going – we're going another 1500 meter guy because I want to load up on 1500 meter runners in a 10k cross country oh, race. Smart. Waleed Suleiman, <laughs> welcome to the team. Sixth pick, seventh pick. Yeah. You got to let him know he was your last pick. That may motivate him to uh, to get 47th. Um, like okay. like Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. Yeah, exactly. They'll be really angry. Um, I'm gonna go with the guy whose name sound. It is my pick, right? I'm, I'm, I just. This is it. Just yeah. last one. Jumping. Okay, I'm gonna go with the guy whose name I've never heard of, but he sounds like an investment banker. I'm gonna go with Barry Keen. <laughs> never heard of him. <laughs> Hope he does well though. <laughs> He's good for Butler. He's good. Yeah. Barry Keen. Tax season's coming up. Okay. Um, yeah. Women. Women. We'll flip the order here for women. So, Lincoln, you go first. I will continue to go second, and then Gordon will go third. <laughs> there really was no there. There really was no downside for me getting. I got. I'm, I'm going to end up with the, both the number one overall ranked uh, male and female in the flow track ranking. So there's no downside yeah. for losing those two coin flips. Uh, I'll go with Whitney Orton. Yeah, that's a good pick. I'll go Ella Donahue. Oh, this sets up perfectly for Gordon. 
Say it, Gordon. Say it. Mercy, Ch- Mercy Chilanga. <laughs> this guy stay with uh, the parent. Oh, I love that. No, Mercy Chilanga. And then I'm going with, um, I'll do Zovia Dudek. I think she's going to run well. You missed an opportunity to really yell the name Mercy really loud. Uh, Dudek. There you go. I'm going to go, I'm going to go Bethany Haas. Bethany Haas. my second pick Lincoln two in a row here I'm I'm really focused on these athletes I you know I see these athletes that have fallen down in the rankings and I am suspicious but I'm gonna go with somebody that shot up in the rankings I think it's the Pac-12 champion right Haley Herbert yeah yeah good pick good pick there all right good next pick. your third pick it, it's me again okay cool yeah it's you again. um <laughs> Okay, that's how this works. I always get confused on the the old system. Uh, listen, Basically, I don't know how she's done in any of her. Yeah, I don't know how she's done in any of her races this year. I don't know if I've seen her race since Doha twenty nineteen. But I'm going with Adva Cohen. Oh, oh, that's good. All pick. right, let's go pick her. So, Orton, Herberg, and Cohen for Lincoln. I have Donahue. Bethany Haas, and then I'm going to go with Kaylee Logue of Iowa State. Perfect. Gordon, you're up. You have Merchant Chalangat, Zofia Dudek. Now you get two more. Uh, I was worried that she wouldn't fall all the way down to 9-10, but she did, and I'm happy with that because I think she might be my number two runner overall. I'm going with NAU's Taryn O'Neill. Okay. She's been running well. And then my second, well, this is when, oh, man, this is like shuffle up and deal. What, what are you going to get? Um, <laughs> dang it. Come on, shuffle up and deal. It's an audio podcast. You got to talk, Gordon. If you're not talking, people aren't listening. Well, I'm thinking. I'm trying to think. I'm staring and I'm thinking. Or your computer could freeze I... for like three minutes. <laughs> it happens. You're staring at Lincoln I... too much. I guess uh, I. I'm gonna, you know what? Screw yeah. it. Melanie Smart. Melanie Smart. She, she hasn't she run, run it yet. all year. She hasn't run yet. I'm going with her. Okay. Melanie Smart. All right. You missed the obvious pick. I'm uh, Taylor Rowe running at home for Oklahoma State. I'll take there her. Boom. Sorry, Gordon. All right. I'm not upset about it. <laughs> you should be because I just won. That was it. That's the deciding factor. Uh, Lincoln is up now. He's got on his team Orton, Herbert, Cohen. Now he's rounding out with his 4-5. I love these athletes who have been doing indoor and cross country. Seems like a great plan. Um, okay. So I picked <laughs> Cohen. I should probably pick mm-hmm. the person who beat her at the conference meet. So Again, another name I'm oh, not yeah. familiar with, but Mahala Norris of Air Force. Mahala Norris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mahala? Okay. Uh, and I have another one, right? I, I know I keep I, I keep forgetting. I just, I got to. Yeah. I, I but, well, there's another good, format. there's another good Mountain West pick there too. Right in that same range. Ooh. Well, hold it's on here. Because to... <laughs> well, well, now that you've recommended you it. He didn't have to pick her, uh, her, but I'm just saying she's good, right? Well, it's, it's on Mountain West, but I'm going to go with Anna Camp. 
Okay, that's not who I was thinking. I was thinking of uh, Tyler Beeling. Gordon, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm going Beeling. B-E-L-I-N-G. So, assume so. I don't know why I'm asking Gordon for correct pronunciations. That's how much I've <laughs> yeah, fallen off, Lincoln. Since, Lincoln, yeah. since you last, it's really gotten... It's gotten Things are dark. Here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Gordon, you have Mercy, Dudek, Taryn O'Neill, and Melanie Smart. So, you get your four and five here. Well, did you take Beeling? Yep, I did. So, oh, okay. Again, I, I one-upped you once again. You one-upped me once again. All right. I'm going yeah. with uh, a man of vestry of Syracuse. Okay. And then that's five. I'm gonna go with uh Ooh. <laughs> You're just making noises, Gordon. Hannah, Hannah, Steelman. Hannah Steelman. Hannah Steelman. Hannah Steelman. Uh that's a good pick. That's a good pick. Steelman. I can't believe she dropped that far, actually, now that I think about it. Uh I'm gonna go. Man, I kind of want to pick Lauren Gregory, but she's going to run indoors, so I'm not sure. I'm going to go uh, BYU, uh, Aubrey, front the way. I want to pick another person on a, on a good team, so that's who I'll go with here. So she's my, what, sixth pick here. So we go to Lincoln for six and seven. So this is your last two picks, Lincoln, to join Orton, Herbert, mm. Cohen, Norris, and Camp. Have I picked anyone that's doubling? I, I should probably have known that. I, I'm guessing I have. <laughs> no, but, um, no, it, I don't. Is Herberg nice gonna? To Herberg's not like running the Bethany Haas. I think Bethany Haas is. Oh, that's you. Uh, I have Bethany Haas. Uh, yeah. Cohen. No, okay. No, no one's think... doubling. Okay. Okay. Um, has anyone picked Dominique Claremont? Nope. You got nope. her there at six. Jesus conspicuously jump from 25 to 10. I mean, I know these rankings are, they, they, they're the end all be all, but you know, I'm just, I don't know if Gordon doesn't believe his own rankings jumping her from 25 to 10, but I, I, I like the, I like that, uh, the, the, I like that move up the mountain as we head to NCAAs. And then I'm going to go with a fun name because you got to have at least one on your team. Poppy tank for my last pick. Poppy tank. So that is Lincoln's picks. I'm going to go for my final pick. Mm-hmm. There's someone I want to pick, but I don't I don't know if she's running the meet. But I'm not going to pick her. Okay, I'm going to pick. Let's see. Let's stick with the uh, former JUCO theme and also Alabama theme. And let's go Esther Gatahi with my last pick. Esther yeah, Gatahi. She, uh, seems like a she ran a, a track 5K. And sub 16 outdoors last week. There so you go. she's fit. Last pick, Gordon, to you. My, my last pick, I'm going with uh, Portland's Anna Pataki. All right, Anna Pataki. So the teams are as follows for the women Lincoln has Whitney Orton, Haley Herberg, Adva Cohen. Mihaela Norris, Anna Camp, Dominique Claremonte, and Poppy Tank. I have Ella Donahue, Bethany Haas, Kaylee Logue, Taylor Rowe, Taylor Beeling, Aubrey, Aubrey Frentaway, and Esther Katahi. Gordon has Mercy Chalangat, Sophia Dudek, Taryn O'Neill, Melanie Smart, Amanda Vestry, Hannah Steelman, and Anna Pataki. On the men's side of things, Gordon has Mance, Klinger, Nur, Kemboy, Farrow, Deaver, and Meyer. My just band of 
Marauders is uh, Kiptu, Herrera, Nagus, Messler, Bienenfeld, <laughs> Bosley, and Walid Suleiman. Lincoln, who should win this thing for all intents and purposes. Grijalva, Nico Young, Isai Rodriguez, Alex Masai, Hicks, and Sprout from Stanford. And then rounding out his team with Barry Keane. That's the squad <laughs> there. Gordon or uh, Lincoln, you want you should stay on because we have a new a segment that we do on the show. It's called Gordon's Guesses, where Gordon makes picks, and he's been really good. He's been really good. He calls huh. like Josh Kerr's fifteen hundred meter times down to almost the tenth. Um, wow. People are not ripping him on YouTube. Someone called him a what they call you a prophet, Gordon, on YouTube. Like, like his approval rating is turning around. It's it's yeah, impressive. It's, it's good. Wow. Yeah. But now you have a million races to pick from. So you can choose whichever, like, I don't know. Give me like a Cooper tier pick. Can you give me a Cooper tier pick in the uh, 3K? We're going time? Well, see, okay. Picking championship times, man, that's like impossible. No, no, but you pick know, yeah. events. I don't know. Pick, pick something. Pick, this, is, this, is your, this is your segment, no, I'm but I'm just trying to think that, of. I'm not the, no, it's my segment. You have to give me a, an event, and I have to tell you the winner and or the winning time. Okay, here. Okay, I don't, but you're right. We don't care about times. With the content, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. I don't care about times, and there's too many. We're not going to pick every single race, but let's just talk about the Oregon men's mid-distance. So they have the DMR. They have an 800 potential champion. They have a mile potential champion and a 3K. What will happen in those four races? Go. I will tell you how many points they'll score. How about that? I thought you said this was my thing that I get to pick. Yeah, come on. How about you just pick <laughs> where each one of them will finish? Stop doing math. They will go, score. They will score forty-six points in the indoor events. Uh, they will. They event. will get. They will get second in the eight. Oh, the distance. They'll get second. Who uh, will get second? Sec- uh, what's his name? Charlie Hunter. He'll get second in the eight. They will go three five in the mile. They will win the DMR, and they'll go one, two, and a three K. Okay. Hmm. Who will win? Who will win the women's cross country title? And how many points will they score? <laughs> oh, I think individually, I was like, they will score one yeah, point. One. <laughs> uh, team wise, who will who will win? Yes, think, team Gordon. I think BYU women will win. What's the score? 139 points. Okay. What will NAU score? NAU men, they will score... ...50 points. Oh, my God. 50 points? What will runner-up score? How much will NAU win by? NAU will win by... At least 50 points. Okay. Nico Young's margin of victory. <laughs> negative. Um, negative. Uh, who, who's going to win? 20, who's going to win? Negative 25 pick, seconds. Pick the who's men's win? individual winner. Yeah. Give me the top three in order. Hopefully he picks the guy he chose. I think it's going to go Kip to Mance Grijalva. Why then? Why didn't you pick? Okay, didn't you have a chance why did to I pick? Because yeah, I did have a chance to pick him, but like Mance, I know will not finish. Like Kip Two, what if Kip Two like decides to like 
twists his ankle in the indoor 5K or doesn't know what he's doing and comes finishes like pulls a, a Thonis uh, Kyoko and finishes like 100th or whatever. You never know. That's a B, so, that's a B side cut right there. Uh, yeah. I, but Mance, he's going to finish no worse than second. So that's why I picked him. Lincoln, do you have see, any picks see. or any, not any picks, but any questions you have for Gordon about things you want him to pick this weekend? Mm. Mm. Um, it'd be fun if we could pick who, who you think is going to get last, but I think that's a little cruel, but I, I think that should have, I've always think that should be a pick. It's always fun to try to, I think Gordon's been pretty good at that in the past. We we've never published that, but he usually is pretty <laughs> solid for hunting that uh, team, you know, some of the lesser teams, seventh man to find out who's going to finish last. Uh, you know, I, didn't know, last? I, I know. Oh, I, yeah, I can talk about it. things going to get last at NCAAs. <laughs> We're going to light a fire on this guy. Brandon Olden, the sophomore from Siena. Brandon Olden, he's going to get last. Okay. And on on the women's side, the last woman is going to be Sophia Sofelt, sophomore from San Francisco. Hmm. I, I can't wait for these people to get third to last, and then they, you know, hopefully hit you up somewhere in a yeah. complaint to say, see? At, at see? Gordon on that one. I got yeah. I got one more. I got one more event I want to ask about. Because uh, there's some there's some prominent names in in this event for indoors. Uh, the men's two hundred. The men's two hundred. Mm-hmm. How do you see that event shaking out? You have uh Matt Bowling, of course. You have Terrence Laird. You have Micaiah Harris in there. Um, You have uh, a sophomore from Florida, Joseph uh, Fanbula, who has run a 20.32. I think think bowling wins. Really? 20.25 bowling. All right. Also, Abby Steiner is going to win the 200, and everyone's going to be talking about her after the meet. You've said that for like months. She's going to run like close to the collegiate (laughs) record. I'm telling you. Abby Steiner is going to Uh, the Olympics. She doesn't, no one even knows it, but I do. She's going to the Olympics. Well, they knew, they know it because you say it literally every week. Okay. So, uh, actually, one more women's DMR. Women's DMR. BYU. Man, you are just buying all the BYU stock there is available. Yeah. All right. Why not? That's this edition of Gordon's Guesses. Probably wasn't the best, despite the fact that we had the most things to pick. Um, but what do you mean best? They're all <laughs> right. They're all going to be right. So I, it is the best. If I'm right. Okay. All right. That's how Lincoln, works. thanks for joining us. That was fun. Of course. Yeah, I'll see you guys you're in, all, you're... I don't know, several months from now. The <laughs> <laughs> next fantasy outdoor, draft. Outdoor fantasy. Yeah, the next fantasy draft. There you go. All right. Thanks, Solon, for producing. Remember, we got live uh, watch parties this weekend on Saturday for the indoor championships and then on Monday for cross country. Obviously, we're also going to have a Friday pod after the action from the second day of the indoor meet. You can check all that out on the Flow Track Podcast YouTube page. We'll talk to you guys soon.